Welcome to another podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. This podcast is sponsored by Impact Basketball. Coaching U has teamed up with Joe Abunasar and Impact Basketball to bring their coaching certification program to you. 85% of all of their coaches have gone on to coach at a higher level. Player development training by players and teams is the fastest growing part of the coaching profession. Separate yourself from the crowd by being a certified coach. I personally took the course, and it is fabulous. Outstanding quality of the videos and the teaching by Joe. For more information, visit impactbasketball.com, and that's impact, I-M-P-A-C-T-B-B-A-L-L.com. Get a discount of $100 off by simply using our discount code of Live. Coaching you live and as lowercase sensitive. One of the things that we've experienced in the couple of years that we've been doing podcasts is it's been an incredible service for the coaches and leaders that listen to us. So this is the coach, Brendan Sir, with our guest, Joshua Metcalf. Joshua, uh, we met a few years ago. I was blown away by you. You came highly recommended to me from one of my uh, mentors and coaches, John Gordon who raves about you, and uh, certainly uh, you you were a guy that I just got blown away. And then when your first book came out, you know, Burn Your Goals, I just, I, I thought it was one of the best works I've ever seen in that field and completely agree with where you were coming from. So, A, welcome again back on our podcast, and B, tell me this. We're going to jump right in. Why did you do, why are you doing what you're doing? You're so talented. Why are you doing what you're doing? Well, thank you so much for having me on, Coach. It's uh, it's my privilege and, and blessing to get to be on here. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is I, I think at a very young age I had my life pretty altered by the fact that I, I lost my little brother when I was nine years old. I was a the person that pulled him out of the pool when he drowned and then went through a whole bunch of other pretty traumatic events in my life, you know, lost my father at 23. And, you know, I I really just started to, you know, ask myself really tough questions. Like, what would I do if money didn't matter? What would I do with my life if I only had six months to live? And, you know, and things like that, that, that really started to to stir up my passion and, and direct me away from focusing on, you know, going to law school and making money, but it was, it, it became so much more about, you know, what, what would you really do if, uh, you know, if you only had a short time to live, what, what would you do? And, and so I really started to, to focus on loving people, serving people, providing value. And then, you know, one of the other things that, that I always ask myself and that, you know, my business partner, Jamie, he asks himself every day is, what do we wish that we would have had whenever we were playing? What do we wish we would have had in terms of mentorship, in terms of MP3s and videos and books and tools that that we wish we would have had? And then what do we wish that the the people that were leading us, what do what do we wish they would have known and that they would have had and been equipped with? And then we really just try and focus on uh, creating and providing and becoming those those things for all the people that we have the privilege of of li- interacting with and leading. 
You know, Joshua, one of the things that strikes me every time I talk to you or listen to, you know, some of the great tools that you have out there is that it took me a long time as a coach. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from it being a world class coach to understand the value of the player more than the win. How did you come about to that? And why are you, and how successful are you in teaching now, especially young coaches who think it's all about the W? How are you, how successful are you in teaching these young coaches that? Well, you know, I don't know if I can measure exactly how successful we've been in it, but what we've found is that, you know, the the coaches oftentimes that they emulate, that they want to be like, that have won more than anybody else. You know, you look at the, the John Woodens and the Anton Dorrances. You know, when you talk mm-hmm. to those guys and when you focus on what they actually did, you know, John Wooden never talked about winning. He, he claims that you could ne- you could not find a single player that he worked with that ever – uh, heard him mention the word winning. You know, there's an exercise I do with people that are in leadership uh, around the country, and it's really simple. I just, I ask them, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? When you're gone, what do you want written about you? What do you want your obituary to say? And mm-hmm. the really interesting thing is that at, at the end of people's lives, when when they're faced with death, you know, all of a sudden, life becomes more clear. And all the things that we thought mattered start to to, to fade away and and, and typically the things that people say that actually matter are the relationships that they have with other people, the impact that they've had in people's lives, and the person that they've become on their journey. And, you know, I, I did that exercise with Anton Dorrance, who, for those mm-hmm. of you who are listening who don't know who he is, he's won 22 national championships out of a total of 38 or 39 ever that have taken place in women's college soccer as the head coach of the University of North Carolina. And and I did that exercise with him in the room, and, and I looked over at him, and I said, Anson, you know, do you want to be remembered for the 22 national championships that you've won? And he was like, no, I don't. I want to be remembered for the impact I've had in people's lives. I want to be uh, remembered for who who I was as a person and who I became in my life. And and so the the thing is, is that if we can get more people that are just starting out to focus on the things that are inside of their control, then all of a sudden what you really do for yourself and for those that you're in in the process of leading is you really really equip them to uh, decrease the pressure that that they've been feeling. You increase confidence, and and, and you're just going to get such better results, truthfully, but more importantly, you're going to have been focused on the, the most important things. And so the person that you become in that process is, is so much greater. And you don't get to the, to the end of the season or the end of your career and go, man, who did I become in this? You know, what, why was I, you know, focused on all this stuff that was outside of my control? And, um, you know, and so that's why, you know, when we tell people, you know, especially people who are young in leadership to burn their goals, you know, that's really, really challenging for them. They're like, you know, everybody's ever always told me that goals are, you know, the key to reaching my fullest potential. But most of the time our, our goals are these achievement based outcome goals that are completely outside of our control. We might have influence over them, but that's it. And so what can what can happen then is we get focused on these goals and so you know, there's a lot of research, Daniel Pink has uh, written about it, that goals can actually uh, lead to some really 
really questionable behavior to to get to those goals. Instead of, so you know, we say rather than focusing on goals, what we should be focused on is something like true mental toughness. And the way that we define true mental toughness is giving your very, very best, treating people really, really well, having unconditional gratitude, um, and you know, regardless of your circumstances, you know, if we're focused on uh, on those things, you know, having a great attitude, giving your very, very best, treating people really, really well, having unconditional gratitude, like then no matter what circumstances we're going through, it becomes an incredible opportunity for us to learn and grow through that. And then for the first time, we can actually take back the transformational power of sport by focusing on something that's inside of our control so that if we're winning, well, great. That's an incredible opportunity for us to, you know, to develop in that way. But if we're, if we're losing or if we're not achieving the things that we want to achieve, we're still using our sport to become the type of people that we want to become. And ultimately, we want to attract people in our life that we work for, that we work with, that are on our, uh, on our family team, that are, um, you know, that, that are all around us. We want people that embody the characteristics of true mental toughness. But, if that's what we want, then that's what we have to focus on and that's who we have to become in order to attract those type of people to us because we attract people based off of who we are. And so, I mean, that, that's why the, you know, burning your goals is, is so important because when you're focused on these uh, arbitrary outcome-based goals that are all just about achievement, then really what you're doing is you're, you're increasing pressure, you're decreasing people's confidence and, and Truthfully, if we're really honest, you're making a lot of people miserable in the process instead of just focusing on the stuff that's, you know, 100% under your control. And there's plenty of that to coach. If you look at, like, attitude, effort, what you visualize, your perspective, body language, self-talk, communication, breathing. I mean, there's, you know, the list could go on and on. But there are certain things that are 100% inside of our control, just like true mental toughness. And if we would focus on those things rather than the uh, – arbitrary outcome-based goals, then I think that we would take back that transformational power that exists in sport. And truthfully, what we've seen over and over and over again is that the people that truly do this, now there are some people who say that they do, but when people really have a heart posture shift and they focus 100% on the process, they focus 100% on the people's hearts that they're leading and, and who they become in the process, the results take care of themselves more often than not, because we're not lowering the bar. We're actually raising it with true mental toughness. We're saying that you've got to give your very, very best. We're really interested in what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to commit to inside of your 86,400 seconds every single day to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be, between who you are and who you want to become? Like We're not lowering the bar. We're raising it, but we're just raising it in a way that's actually controllable. You know, your partner, Jamie Gilbert, and yourself, you work with a lot of athletes. Uh, and I think the athlete of today is so, so different than the athlete when I was growing up or even I coached when I first started by far. Uh, they're much more challenging. Uh, how have they received your coaching? For the most part, I think they love it. You know, it yeah. is it is challenging because I think that – there's a there's a culture that's been created by the media and um, you know in, in, in sports networks and things like that that when they when they when they turn on the TV there are certain things that are emphasized you know it's it's all about how you look 
and you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you shouldn't even you shouldn't even jump if if there's somebody that has the potential of posterizing you. You know, those types of things. Like, why would you get embarrassed like that? You know, why would you work hard? Um, you know, like you should just show up and just let your talent shine through. And and so there's a lot of there's a lot of stereotypes or myths that are perpetrated by the, uh, the the media that so they're looking at these things and and so that's that's probably the biggest challenge but I mm-hmm. think that whenever you really get behind the scenes and so you, when you start sharing stories with with people about you know how hard Kobe Bryant is actually working you know what Kevin Durant is, is actually doing what what Tiger Woods is doing um, and, you, and you start showing them the the stories of behind the scenes how much uh, just absolute uh, sacrifice, work ethic, and, you know, and, and levels of persistence that's going into all these people, then I think that they start to, to see it and they start to, they start to grasp it. And truthfully, a, a lot of times whenever we, when we share ideas like burn your goals, yeah, it is very countercultural to them. And, but when they start to apply it, they start to, to realize the freedom that exists and how, how free they are to actually perform at their best. You know, C.S. Lewis said, uh, when we put first things first, second things aren't suppressed, they increase. And so when, when we get people that are putting first things first in their life, that's what they start to notice is, wow, like I actually do perform closer to my best whenever I'm not focused on the outcome. I'm just focused on what I can control. Man, my levels of anxiety are so much better. Man, I actually, you know, went out and I, I, I won that tournament. I, you know, I, I shot the lowest scores of my life in golf. Or, you know, man, I, I really went out and my, my teammates love playing for me when I'm just focused on the stuff that, that I can control and, and leading in, in that way. And so the, the young athlete of today, I mean, the way I start off almost every single workshop, and I've just I've, I watched after you know doing this for a few years that the impact it had the times that I did it I, I started off and I tell them I'm like the first thing you need to understand is you matter not your dreams not your goals not what you achieve you matter and and they're like they're really taken aback because almost everybody that you know is in some some type of form of, you know, performance psychology or, you know, does any type of inspirational speaking or anything like that, a lot of times comes in and, you know, it's, it's do this, do this, do this, do this. Well, if we're not careful, then we become human doings instead of human beings. And so I really try and let them know, you know, you matter. Your value comes from who you are, not from what you do. You're, you're unconditionally loved by God. Like, I try and let them know those things, and then I say, okay, now if we have that foundation set, now we can talk about the stuff that we can do to close the gap between where we're at and where we want to be and and who we are and who we want to become. But you've got to get at a foundational level that you matter. And so a lot of times I have a huge chain that's this big, thick chain that I wrap around my neck, and I'm like, look, if you're trying to find your identity and what you do, then all you're doing is you're wrapping this chain tighter and tighter around your neck. And if you, if you think that your value comes from what you do and not who you are, it, that you're trying to carry around this massive weighted chain around your neck and it's going to choke you and it's increasing this pressure. And that's why, you know, I got really, um, I, my passion was renewed this year 
um, on Twitter by, you know, I, I send out a ton of, you know, just free resources and just try and reach out to people and say, you know, these videos sure. I think would really, really help your life. And it's unsolicited. And so, you know, some people, you know, would say that I'm spamming people. But what I've what I've realized is that there there are kids out there that are literally thinking about killing themselves. And then there are kids out there who are killing themselves. And I feel like, man, if I could just get this message to them, if they could realize that their value comes from who they are and not from what they do, like this could save somebody's life. And so this year, you know, I, I read that article about the the beautiful girl from, from you know, Penn who ended up jumping off a building and killing herself yeah. last year, ran cross country at a 3.5 GPA. And, and it just renewed that fire inside of me of like, man, I just want to, I want to try and get, um, this message to as many young people as I can because there's so much pressure that they are feeling from society today. And there's a lot of really well-meaning people that are, that are putting more pressure on them. And so, so, to, so truthfully, for the most part, I think we've had an overwhelmingly positive response from all the, the, the athletes that we've been working with because they're like, oh, man, like I can breathe now and I'm performing better. And, uh, you know, for a lot of them, it, they're not going to go on and play, you know, professional sports. And so really the most important thing is that they are using their sport to become the type of person that they want to become, to attract the type of spouse that they want to attract, to become the type of leader that they want to become, because those are the characteristics that they're going to take with them long after they're done, you know, shooting a ball or hitting a ball or kicking a ball. It's the characteristics that have been forged inside of them that they're going to carry on with them. And if we haven't been focused on the on the most beneficial things, then they're not going to be taking with them the characteristics that are really going to set them up to be successful in the things that are actually important in life. And Francis Chan had a really interesting quote, and then I'll, I'll finish with this one. But, you know, he said that, um, you know, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. And so, you know, I don't want us to get to the top of the ladder and realize that our, you know, our ladder was on the wrong building. And, I, and my fear is that our goal in win-at-all-cost culture, we're, conditional, we're conditioning some really awful characteristics into people, um, sometimes without even knowing it. But I just don't want us to get to the top of that, that ladder and realize that it was on the wrong building. But I think that's really – I couldn't agree more, Joshua. And I think one of the things that uh, I've been very outspoken about for many years now uh, with the platform that I have regarding coaching in general, all sports, is that we are focused too much on the X's and O's, on winning, and we need to focus on these other things. I felt that our mental training, mental toughness training – in general, is probably the weakest part of coaches in general, at the, even the highest levels, even professional, uh, because we're not trained in that area. I think it's the greatest area of growth. I mean, we always take individual player development, skill development in every sport as being the panacea, but I think it's the mental part that's more important. Kids cannot handle pressure, uh, and I'm, that's a generalization. They don't want pressure. They get pressure everywhere from their parents, coaches, etc. From their peers, and I think this is the way to develop people right now and players. And so I think you are on the, the same thing. We found this out with our friend John Gordon years ago. 
when you start to write these books and and all of a sudden I'm reading them and I'm every book that he's writing I think he wrote for me for coaching and I think <laughs> the same thing that you're doing now is you know and that's why I think when we started to promote John as being someone good for coaches the coaching fraternity uh, in general male female etc just ran to John because he was now teaching them that the relationship part the people part way outweighs in lacrosse, golf, gymnastics, basketball, football, way outweighs the X's and O's and the actual physical training, in my opinion. And that's why I think what the work that you guys do is the next wave of coaching development, in my opinion. So, Kimmy, I know you work – do you – you know, I know you work with a lot of individual sports, okay. Uh, difference between uh, working with individual uh, teams, uh, you know, you know, we're golfer, swimmer, gymnast, uh, as opposed to the team sport people. Uh, what things have you seen that you have to change in the way you're developing them or approaching them? Well, I mean, I think that the, the big thing, uh, the, the biggest difference from a leadership perspective is typically when we go in and we work with uh, the people that are leading individual sports, we want them to focus on making sure that they're not sacrificing the, the the team dynamics for the individuals, and then it's the exact opposite in the with the with the team sports that I think a lot of times they need to be more um, individualized. And so, yes, I think that you know, for me, my saving grace was that I played team sports. I think that I'm a very intrinsically selfish human being. And so by playing team sports, it forced me to become so much more uh, others focused and others aware. Um, and, and I really did, you know, I'm about as competitive as they come. You know, I, I get called a competitive freak when I'm playing, you know, a game of cards. And so, um, you know, I'm super competitive and but that's why team sports were so helpful for me. But what I see that the trend is a lot of times in individual sports is coaches are like, well, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, if, if you, if you need to do your own thing and just completely, um, just be a, a, you know, act like a selfish brat. Okay. Go ahead. Do, do that. It is whatever helps you perform at your best. And it's like, right. Whoa, that's, that's crazy. Like you need to learn how to be a, a team player. And so, you, you've got to get outside of your own little bubble and get outside of yourself. But then on the flip side, too oftentimes in, uh, with, in leadership when it comes to team dynamics, I think that there's a lot of people that are, that are using manipulation to say, oh, well, this has got to be about the team and this can't be about you. And, and it's like, well, yes, but teams are also comprised of individuals. So you've got to give them some leeway when it comes to, you know, individual training and really actually caring about their individual development and growth because ultimately, again, they're going to go on to something else at the next level and they need to have, have developed as much as they can. So so truthfully, I think a lot of times we focus on the, the individuals um, way more than we do team dynamics and things like that because we believe that teams are comprised of those individuals. And if we can get everybody focused on true mental toughness, then a lot of the, uh, a lot of the different challenging aspects that come up in, with those team dynamics will start to, to naturally go away if we can get them to focus on it. But truthfully, 
Brendan, the, the thing that, that I've noticed the most um, and the best way to articulate it is, is through a story, but it's that it's <laughs> the kids that we're leading and the adults that we're leading are always learning what we're teaching them, but we're not always aware of what we're teaching them. And so what I mean by that is like we're always modeling something. And, you know, John Wooden said, young people need models, not critics. And, you know, there was a time I was working with uh, a program and, and I came in and I talked about not using fitness as a punishment. I think we talked about that on the podcast last time, that if mm-hmm. we're using fitness yep. as a punishment, you know, then we're psychologically conditioning, you know, them to, to believe that something that's super beneficial is a negative thing. Why would we do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. So coaches, uh, the person coaching had bought into that and, so the next day I was going and I was observing practice and and he comes over to me and he was he was definitely frustrated, I could tell, and he goes, All right, you know, four of my players just showed up with their shirts untucked. And, you know, typically that would mean, you know, three gut drills that they would have to run. You know, so okay. what am I supposed to do? I'm 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 not allowed to use fitness as a punishment, so what do I do? And you know, I I tried to as as humbly and as kindly as I could, I just said, you know, can you take a second and look at you and your staff? Every single one of them had their shirts untucked. And, oh, wow. And I said, why don't we just start there? And, you know, and to <laughs> me, like, I don't care about having my shirt tucked in. or <laughs> the shirt no. tucked thing. Like, I, I speak most of the time with my shirt untucked. But it's right. like, if that's something Very that you value, then... Too, by the way. Very right. fashionable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, if that's something that you value, then that's what you have to model for them. You know, I, I've, I've yeah. seen it. I see it weekly when I turn on uh, ESPN and I'm watching, you know, top Division One basketball teams play. And, you know, some of the people leading these programs are stomping around and throwing their stuff and have the worst body language ever. And yet they're frustrated with their the, the people that they're leading because their body language isn't good. And it's just like right. we have to we have to model whatever it is that we want. And and so that's been the biggest thing. You know, if you think your kids need to be reading, then they need to see you reading. <laughs> if, if, yeah. if, they, if it's important to you, then, then, you're, then you're doing it. And the more that we model those things, you know, if they're doing their What Went Well journals and if they're doing, you know, their visualization, if they're, you know, when something, you know, quote, unquote, negative happens, if they're saying, yep, it's in my best interest and an opportunity to learn and grow, that's what your kids are actually going to pick up and and follow. And so the the, the biggest thing, no matter whether you're leading an individual sport or a team sport, is really, you know, um, I, I think that uh, one of my friends was talking to me about it the other day, like getting that type of uh, 360 evaluation where you're, you're, you're getting feedback from lots of different people about what's actually going on and putting that mirror up to yourself and going, okay, if the, the team that I'm leading is, you know, exhibiting these symptoms, how am I exhibiting those symptoms? How am I, uh, you know, continuing to to foster those inside of our program and oftentimes um, you know you just need people in in your life that will come in and be really really honest with you and say hey I think you need to tuck your shirt in like and and then when we start modeling it you know it's going to take time obviously but over time that's when we're going to start to see more of that growth whenever we're actually taking responsibility for, again, what we have control over. At the end of the day, we don't have control for 
uh, you know, what those that we lead do. And a lot of times they're going to do crazy, you know, <laughs> stupid and, and selfish things. We don't have control over that, but we do have 100% control over what we do. And the more that we focus internally on what we have control over, the more that we're going to um, inspire those that are that we're leading to actually follow us. Joshua, I love the the modeling aspect of it. I think that was brilliant, brilliant response to that coach. One of the things that I always do in working with the coaches that I do is, uh, and they're all alpha males, you know, high profile <laughs> guys that mm-hmm. are just off the charts success. And uh, what they, what I try to teach them, they call, they used to call soft coaching, and yep. because. And, and that's, you know, and, and, that, and they, they almost took pleasure in telling me that. And then, but I always tell them before we start working, I, I ask them, and it's very similar to what you're doing, are you coachable? And you cannot believe that initially they stop. They want to they wanna almost say, no, I'm not. But how the heck do you expect your players to be if you're not? <laughs> and and, and right. so uh, over the years, the 15 years that I've asked that question, I've never had one coach or business leader ever say they're not coachable. Not one, which is incredible because I now know they're not telling the truth. But that's right. fun. And, and then my follow-up to one to that, which I think is the one that allows me to do what you did, is I say, may I be truthful with you? Mm-hmm. And every one of them say, yes. And now they've given me permission to tell them the truth. And some th- that allows me to tell them things they don't want to hear. But you told me you're coachable. You told me you want me to be truthful. And I think it's a great technique. And and you know what? After that, they respond pretty good, you know. So I, I think this is an area that, you know, I love the work. Any other new things that you're working on with the athletes or coaches that you're dealing with that uh, that you want to share with us at all? Um. I mean, I, th- I think that one of the, the most beneficial exercises that we share with people is is that What Went Well journal that I referenced. And, yeah. you know, what all it is, it's a very simple exercise, but a lot of times, you know, we we focus so much on the areas that we need to grow on and the stuff that are inadequacies and our shortcomings that a lot of times what it does and it does for those that we lead is it erodes their confidence. Because all they can, all they're focused on is all the areas, you know, that they suck at pretty much and what they're not good enough. And so there's kind of, there's, there's two things with it. There's a quote by a guy named Neil Walsh that he says, seeking excellence is one thing. Never finding anything totally satisfactory is another. And, you know, in my opinion, that's a very sad reality for many of the people Mm -hmm. in leadership because at the end of the day, how I see you is a reflection of how I see me more than it is a reflection of you. And so if I never find anything totally satisfactory, then to me that's just a tough way to to live life and feeling like nothing's ever good enough. I'm constantly trying to prove myself. And at the end of the day, no amount of championships is ever going to do that. It's always going to feel hollow and shallow. And, um, and so the exercise that we ask people to do is this what went well journal. And it's at the – you can do it – during practice, uh, in, the, in the middle of a round, you know, at the end of practice, at the end of a game, but we ask people to do it every day. And at the top, you write out your, the value statement of my value comes from who I am, not from what I do. And then you write out uh, the growth mindset statement of uh, anything that happens to me today is in my best interest and an opportunity to learn and grow. That's the easy part. 
Then it gets to the challenging part of you write out 15 to 63 specific things that you have done well that day during that practice, Mm. during that round. And what this is doing is it's forcing your brain to go to a place that most of our brains don't go to very often. And even a lot of times that, you know, we've been, we've been conditioned that, that that's proudful or that that's arrogant to focus on the stuff that we do well. And so we're, we're trying to get our, our brain to focus on those things that we do well because we have a negativity bias as human beings. And so, mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll ask you, you know, how did you do? And, you know, even whenever they actually had a, a really good game, they'll say, oh, you know, it wasn't that good. I should have done this. I should have done that. And you're like, dude, you, you had 25 and 10. Yeah, but, you know, I missed all these shots and I, I could have had 40. And it's like, yes, we can always get better. Like that's that's never a question. We can always learn. We can always get better. But basically what we're doing is it's like this really sadistic, like we're beating ourselves up over over our performance and so then what we do is we tell ourselves that we didn't play well we tell other people that we didn't play well and so that's how our memory is actually formed so then that's what i'm talking about eroding our confidence and so this exercise helps us with that by searching and scanning and going okay what are at least at least 15 things that i did well and when i force my brain to find those things and maybe it's you know i was more aware of my self-talk today maybe it's i got a little bit better with my self-talk and was my own best friend and my own best coach. Maybe it's, you know, I, I caught myself where I started to negatively visualize and worry and I, I, I stopped it and I, I started uh, attempting to, you know, visualize in a beneficial and constructive way. And, you know, so, so, so maybe it's that, uh, but it's just finding those, those things that you did well and, and, and writing them down. And then so you have 15 to 63 specific things that you did well then you have only two, only two areas for growth. So that way we have a really healthy ratio of what we did well to uh, where we need to grow. And because oftentimes it's really hard, you know, to, to work on more than one or two things that next day. So this is something that we can reference and we can come back to and go, okay, you know, so today is, uh, you know, today's Wednesday. So I'm going to look at my journal from Tuesday and see, you know, what do I need to focus on today? to to get better so i have two areas for growth then i have what are at least two things that i learned you know so often we're we're so focused on proving ourselves we're so focused on passing the test that that we're we're not actually learning we're not actually focused on on what we're learning and so really challenging our brain to go no what did i what did i actually learn from today what did i learn today that i can apply tomorrow and so that's that's what we call uh, our, our what went well journal, and and most people typically say that it is uh, it is the most powerful exercise that we have them do because literally as you start to do that over time after two three four weeks of doing that consistently you literally start to rewire the way that your brain scans the world it's pretty crazy and um, you know we we all want people on our on our staff and our team that are the type of people that can see opportunities where other people can't. <laughs> and this is a way that you create that more opportunistic mindset. Um, but but also, whenever you start to see more of the, the good in yourself and you don't beat yourself up so much, it, it en- enables you and allows you to also see the good in others and see the growth in them. But if nothing is ever good enough for you, then it, it's never going to be good enough for them. And, and ultimately, that, that's just a really, really... I don't know. 
tough person to be around and um and believe me I know because I've I've been like that yeah. for a, a long a long portion of my life. I mean most of this stuff sometimes people think like oh well this just stuff comes naturally. You're so, you know, um optimistic and positive and and I'm like you've got to be kidding me. I mean I was the exact opposite of almost yeah, every that. single thing that I teach. I've had to learn this stuff the hard way. I've had to to go through it just like everybody else. And so but yeah, that's that's definitely um, probably the most beneficial exercise we teach. I, I love that. I've never heard of it, and I love it. It's a great way of looking at things, and I think you're 100% right. We don't focus on that area. You know, Joshua, every time we spend time together, uh, you know, uh, I, I learned a lot. And so I thank you always for sharing what you do. I applaud what you're doing. You're making a huge difference out there for both athletes and coaches, and uh, we're, you know, and I love every day I go onto your site to look at things and learn. Uh, where, where can folks uh, maintain uh, learning from Train to Be Clutch and also from your Twitter, from your website, et cetera? Yeah, so our website is t2bc.com. Um, you can also do traintobeclutch.com, and that one still forwards over there. Then the, the two books that we've written are Burn Your Goals, and then our, our newest book just released, and it's called An Impractical Guide to Becoming a Transformational Leader. Both of those are available on our website. Burn Your Goals has been out for a while, so it's on iBooks, Amazon, all those uh, all those places. Uh, my Twitter is just my full name, at Joshua Medcalf, with a D, M-E-D-C-A-L-F. And, um, and yeah, I mean, on our, our website, we try and give away so many free tools and, and resources. And um, if, you, if you're listening to this and you want to just send me an email and that says uh, yes in the subject line, I will send you um, a, a Dropbox file that we call our bonus tools. It's got like 15 videos in it, um, 20 wow. MP3s, um, some uh, trying to be clutch 101 a guide to personal greatness in business sports and life lots of tools so if you just if you just send me an email my email is joshua at train to be clutch.com t-r-a-i-n-t-o-b-e-c-l-u-t-c-h.com just says yes in the subject line i'll send that out to you and yeah those are all the best ways to get a hold of me and follow and we do lots of cool stuff like we do a lot of mentorship and speaking engagements and, and things like that. So those are all the best ways to get a hold of me. Well, it's a great site, and uh, you're a great coach uh, and a great leader and a great teacher. And uh, you're a friend of coaching you, uh, have been for years. And uh, I applaud your work and uh, love always visiting with you, Joshua Metcalf. You're a special human being. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, Brennan. I think the same for you. And I'm so grateful to uh, to get to be on here again. So thank you for everything you guys do. It's an incredible resource for all the people that are leading and coaching out there.